Give Jesus some praise this morning. Come on. Is he good? You got good to you this week? I hope, I hope that God has been good to you this week because, well, if he hasn't, then you just have to look to him, right? Um, we want to begin this morning's service with a little, a little differently. I don't know if you noticed, you guys are at the 930 and the 8 a.m. went a little bit longer, and because of what we're about to do, it went just a little bit longer than it normally does. And so this morning, we're going to begin by doing something that we don't normally do. So if you're new here, I want you to know this isn't normally what we, this isn't normally our vibe. Um, every, uh, so let me just get to what the reason why. On Wednesday this last week, I received a text message from our good friend, Luke Walters. Now, I, again, the 930 is the service that we get a lot of visitors, a lot of people coming. It's, it's the sweet spot of the day. You don't want to go to the 11 o'clock because then you're, like, it takes all day long, right? So 930 is the sweet spot. So I realize we've got some people here that don't usually come to the refuge. Um, Luke Walters is a good friend of ours. He preaches here probably once a year, um, usually around September because that's hunting season. And so he likes to come up to Maine and hunt black bear. And, uh, and so uh, he comes up and, and preaches. But Luke is a missionary to the 1040 window, uh, which is the least reached area of the entire world. And Luke has been a missionary in uh, Sri Lanka. Uh, and he was specifically in Sri Lanka during a time of war. And so because of his experience, uh, Luke has friends in Israel and, and things. And, and this week he texted me and said, Pastor, I need your prayer and your support because I've had friends reach out to me in Israel that have asked me to come encourage the believers as a missionary that has experience in time of war, reaching people in times of war. And, um, of course, you all know, um, unless you've been hiding under a rock, what's going on in, in Israel and Gaza. And um, I just want to read Romans chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. God's desire is for his chosen people, Israel, to be saved. Our desire is for all people to be saved. That means people in Israel and in Palestine. And so this morning, what we're going to do, so Luke reached out to me and he, and he said, my goal, so I want to go and encourage the churches of Israel. Because the churches are the, the way that we're going to reach the world for Jesus. That's God's plan. God's plan is to use the church to reach people to Jesus. That's why you're here this morning. And so, and that's why your friends have invited you to church this morning, because they want you to hear about, about Jesus. And so Luke's going to the churches, and he's going to en encourage them. He, he told me this. He said, he said Pastor, my, my goal is to take $10,000 with me for the churches to encourage them. And so I said, Luke, challenge accepted. And we don't normally pass a plate in our church. 
We don't, that's not how, like, COVID kind of ruined all that, right? We, we quit passing a plate during that time. So um, we asked you to give in one of three ways. You can drop a gift in the black box while you're here, or you can give online or via text message. This morning, we're going to pass a plate. So I'm going to ask the ladies to come in and, um, and, and to bring the plates to the front of the room. Now, listen, we don't do this, so this is going to be super clumsy. I'm just going to tell you right away. Um, we're like, wear my heart on my sleeve type of guy. So this is going to be clumsy. I'm going to pray in a moment. So the girls are going to come forward, um, and, and I'm going to pray in just a moment. And we're receiving a love offering for, for the Church of, of Israel this morning. Um, when you, um, so wait, wait until I pray, guys. Wait until I pray. We're going to ask God to bless it first, right? And, but um, I told you it's going to be clumsy. If you're not prepared to give and you want to give, then you can go to refugemain.church slash give. There's a drop down that says Israel. Everything that goes to that is going to go to Luke. Listen, I believe with all of my heart that there are people in this room with the capacity to give big chunks of money so that we can give to Luke the $10,000 that he's asking for. If we receive $15,000, He's taking $15,000 with him from the refuge. Like, this is not a business strategy. This has never been a business strategy. This has always been about reaching people, and that's what this love offering is for. Would you bow? Father, I thank you for the way that you bless us. Lord, I thank you for the way you give to us and allow us to give back to you, and allow us to give to other people. Father, what, what we're asking for this morning is for an act of generosity. Father, we've, we've already asked your people to obey, and we ask now for an act of generosity, above and beyond what they're already giving to you. Father, I pray with all of my heart that you would allow us that I would be able to report back next week that we sent so much money to Luke that it was able to fulfill his desire of giving $10,000 to the churches of Israel. Father, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. All right, so now they're going to pass the plates, the, the buckets, the, the baskets. I don't even know. We had to, we had to like scrounge out, up some ba baskets because, um, because we don't do this often. So I just want you guys to, to know that as they, while they pass that, by the way, don't worry about like moving around and all that stuff. This, this, is, this is our vibe. So um, you're welcome, welcome home, right? Um, as the news stated, I want to I use this as an opportunity to, um, to just kind of point something out. As the news stated, and by the way, if you want to write a check later, you can just drop it in the black box and write Israel on it, and it's going there. So, as the news stated, we were able to help 10 families with Thanksgiving meals this week. We wrote a check for $1,000 to, to be able to give $100 to all 10 families. When we gave them that check, the response was, I don't, I don't, I don't think they expected that much money. <laughs> That's the kind of church I want to be. 
when you give to the refuge, you give through the refuge. And so through your obedience, through the tithes and the offerings that we've received over the last year, we're able to take um, some margin and give it to Maine Behavioral Health because they were the organization that reached out to us. Now, we're not going to be able to, to do it to every organization that reaches out to us, but we were able to do it for them, and we're able to do it now. And so thank you so much for your obedience and your generosity. They're different, and not every church teaches that. So um, obedience was last week. With the, we, we used your obedience to bless others. This morning, we're going to use your generosity to bless Israel. All right, so that's, my, that's enough talking about money. You know how I get about that. Today, we are in week six of a series called The Prodigal. Now, this is based on the story of the prodigal son, my favorite Bible story. Notice I said week six. Normally, we do three or four weeks. Because it's my favorite, I decided I'm going to use six weeks to, uh, to speak on, on the prodigal. And um, today is the finale. So, if you missed any of our previous messages, you can go to refugemain.church slash message, uh, messages and listen to those. Uh, those po- I think it's available on iTunes or through the website um, just to listen to it because we're not, we're not recording. So um, we're not video recording, I should say. Week one, um, so quick review. Week one, we talked about the reason Jesus is telling the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal is a parable, which means that it's an earthly story with a heavenly idea. It's a a fictitious story with with truth to it. And so Jesus is telling this story to Pharisees that accuse him of sitting and eating with tax collectors and other notorious sinners. And they're appalled by it. They can't believe Jesus, who claims to be the son of God, would be doing this awful thing. And so Jesus tells them these three stories, the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Week one, our big idea was rejoice. Jesus receives sinners. Like, we shouldn't complain about it. We should rejoice about it. Week two, we talked about um, our big idea was that God grants us freedom, even the freedom of rejecting his love. That is some insane kind of love. We talked about how the prodigal slapped his dad in the face by wishing that he was dead and asking for his inheritance before the time was right. Week three, we talked about the desperation that the young boy gets as his money runs out and a famine hits the land. Of course, good timing, right? He's with the pigs and he gets hungry and out of desperation, he says, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm going to go home and I'm going to say to my dad, dad, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me your servant. And our big idea was that God desires sons and daughters, not servants, not people that just do and obey the law. And I did this and I did that. He wants sons that just respond to his love. Week four, we talked about how repentance, true repentance, 
hands over all control to the Father. And we talked about how the Father leaves the porch. Are you glad the Father left the porch, ladies and gentlemen? I'm glad the Father left the porch, sending Jesus from heaven to earth as a baby that we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks. Just a few weeks. I can't believe I can't believe Thanksgiving is Thursday. It happens every year on the same day, and I don't understand why. I, it always slaps me in the face, but it always does. Week five, last week, we talked about the party. And we talked about our big idea was when someone comes to know Jesus, we always celebrate the Savior, not the person. We celebrate but we're not celebrating the person that we've prayed for for so long. We celebrate the Savior that died for their sins and has restored them into relationship with God. So today is week six, and uh, welcome to the prodigal. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm a little sad to, to see this one go because, well, it's my favorite Bible story, one, but but because I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed this, this series. We're in Luke chapter 15, verses 28 through 31 this morning. Before I read it, even though we've already prayed, I'm going to ask God one time, one more time, to join our conversation, and then we'll get into the scripture. Father, Lord, my voice is my voice, but your voice is your voice. God, I pray today that we would be able to distinguish the difference. That we would know what is your voice that speaks to our hearts. And that we would respond to your voice. I pray, Lord, that in a room this size, the people wouldn't respond to Adam Harold, but they would respond to the Holy Spirit. That you would use me, speak through me, and join our conversation today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Luke. 15, 28. By the way, if you want to follow along in the YouVersion Bible app, we've got all of our notes available for you there. Uh, the screen on my side, my right, my left, will tell you how to find those notes. There are some notes in the YouVersion app today that I may not get to in our, in our message today, so make sure to follow along. Luke 15, 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. How many sons did the father have? Two. So you're not all new. Okay, good. The older brother became angry, refused to go in. So the, his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes home, has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home you kill the fattened calf for him verse 31 my son the father said you are always with me and everything that i have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and now he is found if you've been here, I don't know if you remember week four, I told a story about my friend Brian. My friend Brian pastors a church in Houston, Texas. Um, he's on staff there. 
and um, he has the role of discipleship. And he was talking about how he was discipling this young lady that um, was confused about a lot of things in life. And one of the things that Brian has taught me to do when I read scripture with somebody is to ask the simple question, where do you see God in this story? Where do you see God in this text? And as we read the prodigal together, as Brian and I read the prodigal together, he looked at me and he said, where do you see God in this text? And then he told me the story of this young lady that he asked the same question to, only he asked her, what did you notice about the father in the story? This young lady who was confused about a lot of things in life looks at him and she, she says, I notice how the father goes out to the son and never ask him what he's been doing. He never asked him, what, where have you been? What have you been doing? He just simply said to the servants, go and get my robe, my ring and sandals. He doesn't address what he's been doing. This morning, I want you to understand that the father doesn't only do that for the younger son. He also does that for the older son. But oftentimes, as we read the prodigal with Western eyes and we just read it quickly and we just go on to the next story, we often miss the depth of the story of the prodigal son. That's why it's taken us six weeks to get here, ladies and gentlemen. So the depth says that he does everything for the younger brother. He does for the older brother. So in order to really illustrate this this morning, I want you to know there's no question the father loves both of his sons the same. To illustrate it, we have to dive a little deeper into the text. Our text this morning says, so his father went out and pleaded with him. Now, our translation uses the word pleaded. It's the, I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning, by the way. The word pleaded. Other translations use the phrase goes out to entreat, to entreat him. Another word for this is to call. Now, the word translated call in the Greek language is the word kaleo. Kaleo means to call. But you can change the meaning of the word. Sometimes, listen, I've heard that English is the hardest language to understand or to learn. But man, sometimes I dive into like, like the Greek and I dive, even, even Spanish. Like I, I did four years, cuatros años, TNAs, four, cuatro, cuatros. See, I'm already confused. I should just stick to English. I can barely do that sometimes. Come on, somebody. I have four years of Espanol, right? And which is just enough to get me in trouble at a Mexican restaurant. Just ask my wife. She loves it. She's like, Adam, you don't speak Spanish, please. Um, <laughs> by the way, next week we're talking about um, our sponsorship with Dominican Republic. So I get in trouble a lot there. Um, Greek, the word call, kaleo. You can change the, the meaning of the word call by simply putting a prefix in front of it. And, when you, and depending on the preposition that you put in front of the word call changes the word. Let me illustrate it for you. 
Let me illustrate it for you by, uh, okay, so first, an example. In Kaleo, in Kaleo, E-N dash K-A-L-E-O, is to call against or to accuse somebody. Ice Kaleo, so Ice Kaleo, which is E-I-S, K-A-L-E-O, is to invite, right? Um, Pro-kaleo is to provoke or to challenge. Pros-kaleo is to summon or to call to oneself. So to explain this a little bit further, I'm going to pros-kaleo my friend Tyler that's on the front row. This this is why you you don't sit on the front row. Tyler, you want to come up here? Can you come up here to help me? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pros-kaleo Tyler. You got it? Tyler's going to come up and help me because I pros-kaleoed him, right? And we're sin-kaleo, S-Y-N, we're together, to call together, right? But the word that is used to entreat is the word parakaleo. Now, this is crazy because you expect the father to prokaleo, which would be to provoke. Now, um, A.T. Robertson explains this in his book, A Grammar of the Greek New Testament, all right? So, prokaleo, to provoke. What you expect him to do, the father, is to prokaleo, which would mean you face each other. Like, Son, what are you doing standing out here when my party is going on inside the house? You provoke him by standing face to face. But the father uses the word parakaleo, parakaleo, which is the same place that we get the word parallel. Do you know what parallel means? Parallel means to like two parallel lines, side by side. So parakaleo would be, son, why aren't you in my party? Like, it's side by side. Do you see the difference? Parakaleo, prokaleo, right? So, give Tyler a hand. Good job. Thank you. I, to- I don't know if you noticed, but I totally put Tyler on the spot for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you. You know what that word we implore? It's the word parakaleo, which you're never going to forget now. We come alongside. Other translations use the word to beseech. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So he says, we implore you, On Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Ladies and gentlemen, when we invite people into relationship with God, we come alongside of them. We don't provoke them. That's why you can't stand on a a corner with a bullhorn yelling at people, provoking people, and expect them to say yes to Jesus. This relationship thing, 
It's important. We must come along side by side, alongside of, and that's what the father does. After his son has been such a punk and not coming into his party, he comes out and he stands side by side him the exact same way that he did for the younger son. And it brings me to today's big idea number one, because on a six-week series in the finale, i got to give you two big ideas. We're going out with a bang. Big idea number one. God loves us all the exact same amount. And that amount is infinite. Do you know what infinite means? It means that that love never runs out. And that's the same amount of love that he has for me. And that's the same amount of love that he has for any serial killer that's ever existed. You can never outrun the love of God. Let me say it this way. You can never outsin the love of God. He loves us all the same. The question is, what does the older brother do in response to the parakaleo that he's just experienced? How does he react? Verse 29 and 30 um, Tell us his response. I'm going to read those verses in just a moment. And then I'm going to give you, you ready? 12 points. Like on a Sunday that we took up a love offering, I'm giving 12 points. I am crazy. That's, that's why the other service was 10 minutes late, by the way. Verse 29 says, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. And never disappointed or disobeyed your orders. Now picture the father standing alongside of him. And this is the son's response. My guess, this is just my guess. This isn't what the text says. But my guess is the father comes alongside of him and talks to him. And then the son goes like this. Look, dad. Right? He looks at him. And so he provokes him. Carry on. Verse 29. Yet you, have, you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. But when is son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? Number one, the son refuses, the older son, refuses to, part, to participate in reconciling the brother to the village. In the previous part of the story, the younger brother offends the village by spending the money amongst the Gentiles. The older brother offends the village by not going into his party, into his father's party, that is in his dad's honor. He slaps not only his dad in the face, but everyone that's attending the party. Well, the older brother, the reason he slaps everyone in the face is because he refuses to be the mediator between the younger brother and the rest of the village. That's number one. Number two, we're going to go fast. Number two, he rebels against his father. The younger son rebelled against his father and knew it. 
He knew if I asked my dad for my share of the inheritance now, then I'm going to be rebelling against him. No one's going to like that. I know that, but that's what I want, and I choose my way now. I want it now. But the older brother rebels against his father by not going into the party and doesn't realize it. He doesn't realize that he's rebelling against his father. He says, I've done everything you've wanted me to for years. And now you kill a fattened calf for him. Number three, he has broken relationship, not the law. Because let me tell you, the older brother, the religious guy, he's doing everything he can to follow the rules. He's doing everything he can to obey the law. The law, the law, the law. But he breaks his father's relationship because he doesn't go in, doesn't go into the party. The younger son knew he was rebellious. The older son didn't. Number four, he accuses his father of playing favorites. <laughs> you killed a fattened calf for him? When you haven't done anything for me, he accuses him of playing favorites. All these years I've served you and never disobeyed you, and yet you like him more than you like me because you're killing the calf for that punk? Number five, he thinks of himself as being out of the family. Notice, he distinguishes the difference between his friends and the family's friends. You didn't kill even a young goat for me and my friends. He's thinking of himself as being out of the family. What does that tell us about religious people? Because, again, the conversation with Jesus is, is with, with the Pharisees who are known as being religious. So, if they look at them, if he is looking at himself outside as outside of the family, you know what that tells about the religious folks? Is that they think themselves as better than we than than anybody else. I almost said than we are. It's, they think of themselves as more important. Number six. We're halfway there. Almost almost done. He refuses partnership with his father. He refuses partnership with his father. Remember, the older brother already has his share of the estate. When the father grants the younger son his request of the property, he has to give it to the younger brother and the older brother at the same time. Therefore, the older brother has his share, but... He doesn't want to share in the responsibility of sharing the property with the father. He says, Dad, this is on you. You killed the fattened calf. Guess what the older brother could have done? He had every right to killing the fattened calf for himself, to celebrate him. 
but he's refusing partnership with the father. Number seven, he despises his brother. Notice, he, said, he does not say, when my brother came home, what does he say? When your son came home. He blames the dad for the actions of the son, the, older, the younger son. He's like, when your son came home, and he, because he despises his younger brother, that is exactly what the Pharisees are doing to sinners and tax collectors that Jesus is eating with. Religious people that are wrapped up in the law despise people that are messy. I'm preaching better than you're amening. <laughs> number seven. Sorry, number eight. This is why I don't do 12 points either. I don't do six-week series. I don't do 12 points because I can't count. Number eight. He catches himself in an unexpected trap. Now, let me explain this. In verse 30, he says, he squandered your property in saying, that, in saying this, he refuses to acknowledge that the younger brother has the portion that he has, and he has full control over that portion. He's saying that, and, and he catches himself in a trap because the older brother has the exact same amount of freedom with the property that the father gave him as the younger brother. Again, he could have killed the calf himself, but he finds himself in a trap not realizing that he has the same freedom as the younger brother. Again, back to our Pharisee analogy. The Pharisees don't understand that they have the same amount of freedom that the sinners that Jesus is eating with has. But they just choose to be rigid with the law. Am I at number nine? All right, I'm glad some of you are still with me. Like three of you. He understands his relationship to his father is that of a servant not of, with a master, not as a son with a father. Notice, he says, all these years I have served you. If serving God on Sunday is a check mark, you're in the wrong church. We don't serve God because we look good when we do it. We serve God because we're his son and his daughter. And we just want to please him. A servant obeys the law. A son responds to love. By responding to God's love, guess what you want to do? You want to serve. Because my God is so good to me, I will give him my life. Because his love is so good. Number 10, 
The older son needs to be forgiven by his father and his brother, but he thinks that they must apologize to him. Because of culture, it says that the son and the the younger son and the father should forgive the older brother for hurting them by not coming to the party that was in the father's honor, that the younger son is a guest. But the older brother expects them to apologize to him. Does that sound like anybody? Am I preaching to anybody? What's, what's the saying? When you got one finger pointed and you got three pointed back at you? It's the exact same thing. He expects them to, to forgive, or sorry, he, he expects them to apologize to him. Jesus addresses this in the way he taught us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and what? Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Number 11, he falsifies the meaning of the party. Notice, we've already stated in this series that we often think that the younger brother partied with prostitutes with his money. But culture tells us that he probably would have used that money to look important, to impress people. The reason we think he partied with prostitutes is because that's what the older brother says that he did. We also think that the party is for the younger son because that's who the, part, the older son says it's for. You killed the fattened calf for him? No, 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 no. I killed the fattened calf for me, young man. That's how I would say it. That's not how the father says it. Because number 12 is that he is consumed with envy and pride and self-satisfaction and self-deception. He's consumed with it. Yet he appears to see his actions as a righteous search of honor. He thinks that if if I just obey the Father, then the Father's going to honor me. No, 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 no. That's not the way the Father works. The Father honors you because you're his son. Now, the story doesn't end with the older brother's speech. The Father's going to get the last word. And in the last word of the Father, yet again, we see the Father's love. I just gave you 12 points of how this older brother was a punk. And the Father responds by saying, my son, And those are the only two words that I need to show you how much the father loves the son. Because yet again, one last Greek lesson for this series. The word that is usually used for son 
In fact, it's already been used in verses 11, 13, 19, 21, 24, 25, and 30. So a lot throughout this, 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 this uh, text. It's the word weos. That word weos is the word son. But when the father in verse 31 says, my son, he uses the word technon. The word technon means my, my son in whom I have an enormous amount of affection for. It's a loving term for a son. He doesn't say we us, which has already been used. He doesn't just call him son. He calls him loved son. And the question is, how does this son respond? Let me ask you, how does this son respond? You don't know. You know why you don't know? Because I don't know either. You know why I don't know? Because I didn't go to Bible college long enough. That's not why. <laughs> because it's not there. We don't know what the bro older brother does. We're left with a cliffhanger. I don't know if you've noticed in this whole series, some miraculous way, every single week I've left you with a question, a cliffhanger. Knowing that this morning we would be left with yet another cliffhanger. You know why I think there's a cliffhanger? Because of big idea number two. So big idea number one was that God's love, God loves us all the exact same amount and that amount is infinite. Big idea number two is a question. How are you going to respond to the Father's love? Stand to your feet, I wanna pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Have you enjoyed the prodigal series? Okay, you clapped. If you clapped, you put yourself in a corner. Backed yourself into a corner. Because big idea number two is, how are you going to respond? Listen, I don't need to be told that that was a good talk. I don't need to be told that was a good sermon. I don't think the older brother, after the father came out and parakaleoed him and talked with him and said to him, my son, I don't think the older brother looked at dad and goes, dad, that was a good talk. When you come into the house of God, conviction doesn't say that was a great message. Conviction says, I'm gonna go out and live it.
And so, big idea number two, how are you going to respond? We're gonna open our doors to my right, your left. That's our next steps. We've got seven minute head start that helps you get plugged into this church. If you wanna get plugged into this church, maybe your response is to get plugged in and to be part of God's family. We love to see you in seven minute head start at some point. Jump on the dream team and serve with us as sons and daughters of a king, not servants of a king. But maybe you need your relationship with God restored. Maybe you need to respond by saying, God, I've sinned. I need you. I need you in my life. I need new identity in you. If that's you, I would love to lead you in a prayer, but the prayer is so dangerous. I got to make sure every time I do that, in fact, I don't do this every, every, every uh, experience because it's so dangerous. If you say this prayer, believe it in your heart. But if you don't believe it in your heart, please don't say it and put your faith in something that you did in church someday and think you're going to heaven because you did this. If you need this and you want to believe it, say, God, right where you stand, say, God, I know I've sinned and I've broken your heart. Thank you for the outpouring of love through Jesus dying on the cross for my sin. Come into my life. Give me a new identity in you and help me live it. In Jesus' name I pray. If you said that prayer, please mark it on the card. I want to send you a card in the mail to tell you some next steps. Take it to the room to my right. They've got a Bible they want to give you. Like, we are in this with you. I never want you to feel like you're in this alone. I am so glad you came. I'm sorry I'm a little late today. We're going to sing an abbreviated song, and then we will be dismissed. Love y'all.